Welcome to Affording College with Aaron Green, founder and president of College Liftoff. How in the world are you going to afford college in this day and age? With an average price tag of about $150,000, you're buying each kid you send to school a house. It really is a scary thought. So what can you do? How much should you save by now? Is there a way to solve this problem for your family? That's why I do this podcast. I'm Aaron Green, and I run a premier college planning firm in the Midwest called College Liftoff. I'm here to tell you that there's a right education for your child no matter who you are, no matter where you live, how much money you saved, even no matter what your child's grades look like, etc. And I'm going to tell you how. All right, so I'm here with Chris Henney, who is our designer here at College Liftoff. Uh, all of the work that you guys have probably seen uh, between us, Chris has probably designed. <laughs> yeah, definitely designed most of the stuff. So um, I've been here for like two years now. Um, really enjoy it. So Yeah, and Chris actually started with us as an intern, so he's actually been with us for quite a bit now. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to bring Chris in to talk a little about a subject. Um, it's it's a time of year. We're getting into the college football playoff time of frame of year, and um, we're actually here in Ohio, and we both went to Ohio State. Um and actually, my wife, Alex, went to Clemson, greatly enough. So we're we're actually getting ready to have this game. It's like a battle for a banner in our basement. Yeah. So There's a lot of tension in the office these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it'd be a good time to actually talk about this whole thing about athletes and getting paid and what this whole thing means. So um, we hadn't really talked about it much before in this podcast, but I thought it'd be a cool thing to kind of bring up and, and see what's see our perspective on this. So, um, Chris, go ahead, start. He's a big avid sports fan, so that's one of the good reasons we brought him in on this one. Mind you, because we're in an office mostly full of women, so we don't get a lot of sports talk. So, <laughs> so I figured we'd come in and talk about this. But what do you think? What do you think about athletes getting paid, being especially a recent graduate? Yeah, so the pay subject is a really big topic right now. And the NCAA rules have, they just developed these rules basically at a time when schools playing another school just supposed to be this fun thing for students to go out and cheer on their team for maybe like homecoming weekend. That's kind of where it was all based around. So you kind of don't want anyone taking it too seriously. That kind of takes the fun out of it. But the thing is, college football, all college sports really, have grown to this billion-dollar industry now where students aren't getting compensated, um, and they're doing extremely dangerous tasks like playing football. Mm-hmm. So um, Playing football at a high level. Like it's yeah. Look, it, it, my take is in the same ballpark. Like, here we are. Like, this thing called amateurism, the moment coaches decided to take $10 million contracts per year. Jimbo Fisher got a $100 million contract to coach Texas A&M. Yeah, I'd leave Florida State, too. You know what I mean? Like, if that's what we're describing on one end of this, we've got to make it compensated for the athlete or something. Because we sit around and value higher education constantly. That's literally our line of work as we're constantly trying to figure out how much an education is actually worth. Here's the thing about it. There's a big difference between a state school that you're going to pay $20,000 a year for, basically $80,000 over the span of four years, versus if you went to Northwestern and it was fifty a year. That's a different value. So in that same equation, basically we can go back and say like, so what you're telling me is that the third string guy at Northwestern is actually getting more value than what Justin Fields is getting today. You know? <laughs> that's an interesting way to look at it right there. So like, if that's the case, then it's equated wrong. If that's, the, if that's your measurable, if you're saying that the education is the thing that you get for free in this, which I understand, I'm not downing that. I, I love the fact that that is the case. But if that's the case, the measurable is completely off on what it should actually be. Well, let me give you a really good example because 
they can't always get the education if they're going playing D1 sports because I'm a graphic design major and all my classes were basically only offered one day a week. So you had to get that class. And if you're playing a D1 sport at Ohio State, you can't, you can't do graphic design at Ohio State. You simply can't do that. Actually, I was following a football player on Twitter and he, they were having to argue about colleges getting, or students getting paid. And he was like, look, I wanted to do graphic design at Ohio State, but I couldn't do that because I had to play D1. Yeah. So you can't just do every major. I'm sure like an engineering, you're an engineer. I don't think you could do that as a D1 football player. You rarely hear about D1 players doing these big degrees. You usually hear about like communications degree, um, something where there's just a lot of students that are going to that subject. Yeah, this is, it's an easier one for the athlete to be able to handle. And yeah. I, I, I knew engineer, uh, athletes, especially football players that did engineering, they weren't Justin Fields. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they weren't the guys that, needed to that were the prime of the athletes they weren't starters in the team they are the ones that honestly had the flexibility probably more than the others to really be able to not work after practice on completion rate percent and pass percentage on doing all this extra stuff so yeah it's kind of a job that you're asking them to do even then and i could throw all that away I could say scrub it that's what if you sign up for being a student athlete that's what you get because you decided to do it you could put it all in that camp too. In the end, I'm going to look at the fact of this. If Ohio State did not have this football team, would they be a $100 million athletic department? And the answer is no. So what does that tell me in terms of value? That tells me that somebody's doing the work to make that budget up, to make bring in that money, and it's just not the coaching staff. It's the athletes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I think Ohio State's football program is valued at $1 billion now. So, I mean, that's like an NBA team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> right Actually, now value. That's probably more valuable than the Bengals or the Browns today, honestly. Yeah, probably. I'd rather Ohio I, State. I, yeah, <laughs> actually. But when I say probably, <laughs> like, it, it is. So if that is the case, if all those things hold weight, any of this, anybody listening to this today, if you sat in that position and you knew the amount of money you made for a company and they decided to not compensate you for it or to give you something of far lesser value than even the person next to you. Again, the Northwestern athlete that's getting an education that's worth a quarter of a million dollars for their third string, then wouldn't you stand up and have something to say about that? What? Of course you would. And you should because that's that's a mismatch in value. Throw atomism out of the water completely. If, again, if we're talking about the fact that that's how much value is built into this. So we've got to really look at this in a different manner. And again, this isn't, and not again, but I, I will say it this way, this isn't the same conversation that it was in the 90s, in the 80s, in the 70s. You know what? Students didn't buy tickets then. <laughs> Ohio State student tickets are like 50 bucks a piece to go to Ohio State football games as a student. And then you still have to get in a lottery to get them, for crying out loud. They weren't doing that then. This was more of a direct comparison of student-athlete playing football on the Saturdays and everybody enjoyed it and called it a day. Now this is a machine, and the machine being a business requires all the things that they want into it and they bring in all this money for it. And if that be the case, if I'm the athlete sitting around looking at this, I'm going to make sure that I can have something out of this because to your point, you're putting your body on the line. That's also what's different about the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, athletes are far stronger. They're far faster. This is truly a more dangerous sport than it is than it was then. 
Yeah, I think even with some of the rule changes, I don't think you can say that it's a safer sport today. But I think there's a whole second part to this, and that's um, NCAA rules about not making, um, not being able to make money off your likelihood, um, mm-hmm. not being able to sign like an autograph for money, not being able to like take out, get money from someone, just yeah, like get, whole... get a car as a gift. Yeah, I'm, with, a, I'm just gonna yeah. say this one because it's my podcast, so I can if I want. Okay. Um, the Chase Young situation was total crap. It totally really agree. was. I mean, he borrowed money to help send part of his, I'm going to put this in air quotes, family to a bowl game, which you could say you could go back to the athletic department for that, which he actually did. But guess who's not part of his family? His girlfriend. She's not actually part of the family unit. So she can't. they can't actually use that money to help get her out to a bowl game. So he borrowed some money to help get his girlfriend out to a bowl game. And then he paid it back, which is what we all would do in everyday life. <laughs> yeah, that's a really interesting point. And yeah, he paid the loan back. He, I mean, I understand what people were probably thinking, like, oh, go get like a loan from like a bank or like a financial institution. But, you know, first of all, a lot of these students like aren't even banked, like <laughs> like coming from low income families. Yeah. And they have yeah. no credit history, which exactly. means they can't get a loan. Exactly. So I think it really starts, people talk about like paying players, but I think it really starts by just giving these players likelihoods back, letting yeah. them make money from their face, let them do public appearances, bring back the NCAA football game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah, let them make money off that. Um, because first of all, a lot of these schools, you know, they all these D2, 3 schools, like they can't pay their players. No. You know. No. Not, so not even all D1 schools can really pay their players. Yeah. So I think. In fact, I would argue probably only a third of them can. Yeah, probably. Honestly. And so what does that mean? Does that create some big weird imbalance? Yes, it does. And I think it's going to be a hard road to figure out. I'm not going to sit there and dispute it. I, if for anybody out there that's like, man, this is going to really make things very difficult. Yeah, it will. But again, if your coaching staff is going to make 10 to $20 million a year, it's already a difficult situation. <laughs> You're already in it. So in that case, I'm going to look out for the kids or the the student athletes in that situation because they're not going to have that ne- that nest egg on the back end. I even would subscribe to, at least at the start, even saying like, okay, while the student is in school, put the money that they would earn in escrow until they actually leave school because that might be a good compromise, even for the universities for how much money they're making. Pay a dividend to whatever that department or that actual team or program is Whoever that is, again, OSU football, we're just using that as an example. Yep. But if like UNC basketball is, is the most dominant sport there, build an escrow pot for those particular kids. And once they get out, they can cash that out and call it a day. That way that doesn't entice them to leave early. It doesn't entice them to uh, to change what the situation is or change their living styles. But you'll have some money on the back end once you exit out of this because you help make this program great. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, um, we're dealing with like young kids that, don't always have the most financial uh, knowledge and personal yeah. finances. So I'm definitely, I definitely think that's a good idea, having some money on the back end. So once they do get out, they do have some money there, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think this misconception is that, like, since they're not financially savvy being college students and from poor incomes, is that you say, well, then just don't give it to them because they won't make bad decisions. That's a terrible <laughs> reason to not give somebody uh, money. You just help yeah. them figure out how to use it better or smarter. Exactly, you don't yeah. keep them poor because they don't know how to not be poor. <laughs> and that's the dumbest reason I've ever heard. So compensate them, put them through educational tro- uh, classes. You're out of college yeah. on how to actually use personal finance. I actually sat in a personal finance class when I was in college. I actually took one and they're independent. And it's a great story because I actually sat next to Santonio San Holmes. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you and, go. Yeah. And he, 
I remember I was one of the first tasks was like write down what you think your starting salary would be in the career path you chose. And I was an engineer. I was like, oh, fifty thousand. And Santonio wrote like I was sitting next to him. Wrote like seven million. <laughs> so, I love it. <laughs> but put them through his courses and teach them that. Long story short, yeah, yeah, the student athletes should be paid. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to figure it out and how this is gonna work. But hey, if the value for whatever you're doing is not there if they leave then that tells me that the value is based off of them exactly yeah so i think a really good starting point is just let them make money off their likelihood um before we even get into like paying players so i know there's gonna be a whole thing about keeping you know competitiveness in college sports but you know just let them make money off their likelihood like what other thing can you join and not be able to make money off your likelihood. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> they're but, literally taking away your face, you know? Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Can any other college student go out and do that tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. they can. You can go off and be a YouTube star tomorrow. So yeah. what's the difference, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that competitive side of that, that, that side's already broken. The fact that, like, essentially every college, again, talking about football, if you're Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson today, guess who's going to get the best recruiting class? Because you're Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. That's already broken. Like, this isn't the NFL draft where the worst team gets the best pick. Like, if you're the cream of the crop, you get the cream of the crop. So, there you go. Like, honestly, it's already lopsided. So, that argument is kind of, to me, it's kind of moot also. Yeah, it, it is. It is. But the thing is, they're going to have to figure that out. You know, there's going to yeah. be a whole process in the figuring out how to yeah. pay these players. That's what I'm just saying. We should just start with the likelihood and just give them their face back, basically. Yeah, at I least mean, start it's there. Out, it's outrageous that they took that away in the first place. Yeah, give them jersey sales. Like Exactly. I remember uh, the number two jersey for a long time. I always wanted it because I was in school when we got our first championship in the 2000s and 2002, and Michael Doss was our defensive back. And Michael Doss, and this is a very small side story, but Michael Doss won a championship in high school, he won a championship in college, and then he won a championship with the Colts. And I always wanted a number two jersey because of Michael Doss. <laughs> Michael Doss should get a cut of that because I want it because of Michael Doss. So. Yeah. So, though, yeah, I, it's a different equation than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. It just is because of the money and because of the fact that the system wanted the money. You know, the college football system, the universities themselves, want this big pile of money. Okay. Well, there are responsibilities that come along with that on your end. This isn't to say that, actually, in fact, I, I really like to sum this up with saying, like, this is a, a responsibility for them. We're talking about student athletes getting paid and whether or not that should. The truth is, this is a responsibility of the schools that bring in this much money to do something about this. We're not letting them get off the hook on this and just start pinning this on athletes all the time because we do that far too often in our society. We pin all this stuff on student athletes or athletes in general or students in general Truth is, look at where the purse, the money, is actually sitting and ask them questions and why and how they're doing it and what their responsibility is in this. If you're going to be progressively thinking of this as a college and thinking we're always trying to improve the lives of our students and our athletes, then you better actually do it and stop sitting around and just counting your money and then letting the conversation center around the athlete and leaving them high to dry. <laughs> at least that's my take. I think that's a great take. and. You know, great place to end here. <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, thank you guys for listening and uh, enjoy these games. College Liftoff can help empower you to make college affordable for your student. If you want to learn more about your options, Aaron will be responding directly to your emails. Email him a question at Aaron at collegeliftoff.com.
Thanks for listening to Affording College with Erin Green of College Liftoff. If you'd like more information, visit collegeliftoff.com.